Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Hey, good morning. It's good to see you. So glad you're here today at Freedom Church. We're so thankful for your presence. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm glad you're here. All right, all right, all right. So, with that being said, uh, I want to welcome those of you here in the auditorium, those of you that's online. Those of you online, hey, listen, come and see us. You guys tell them you'd like to see them in person. Yell out, scream at them. Let them know, let them know. We'd love to see you here. If you're within driving distance of Freedom Church, we'd love to see you, love to meet you. Love to do worship with you in person. We're so glad you guys are online as well. And so I want to say thank you to my church family for your visits, your calls, your texts, your gifts, your flowers, and uh, most of all, your prayers in the home going of my mom. I found out last Sunday morning at 8.30 she had uh, passed away, and she just went on to be with Jesus, and that's where we're all headed that are Christians, and I'm excited about that. I'm a little jelly. She beat me there. So anyway... So with that being said, we still are doing life from God's perspective, and so that's what's wonderful here. So I'm so glad you're here today. If you are living and breathing, look around, see if everybody around you is living and breathing, okay? And now if they're not, and they don't look like, if they look like they're dead, pinch them real quick, okay? Really hard. No, don't do it. Now, they, they might be sleeping. Hang on a second. I might get somebody, I might get somebody in trouble here. But anyway, with that being said, uh, today we're going to wrap up the Sex War series and maybe you're here and you're brand new today and you're wondering, wow, man, this guy right here is talking about something I've never heard in church. That's the problem. That the full counsel of God's word has not been taught in his church. It's a pick and choose to keep the seats full and the offerings high. Did I say that? So with that being said, um, I'm going to jump into this series and, and finish it out here just in a moment. Before I do... Easter is two weeks from today. Look at the person next to you and say, Easter is two weeks from today. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to be and in, in take part of the fasting and prayer. We invite you to do that. We want you to take the invite cards as you leave. Invite everybody you can, especially the people you know in your life that need the Lord Jesus Christ, that need a church family. And I just don't want you to invite them to Easter. I want to ask you to bring them to Easter. Take them out to lunch, whatever, afterwards. Spend time with them. Bring them. And I promise you, we're going to have a, a gospel experience on Easter that could change their life, not just now, but for eternity. And that's what it's about. So I'd love, love, love to be able to share the gospel with your friends that you know that needs the Lord and they need the purpose, they need his love, his joy, his direction, his future for their life. So invite them also. Uh, know that we have these yard signs that we gave out last week. If you were not here, there's a yard sign that just simply says uh, Easter at Freedom Church there. Uh, we're going to be doing mail-outs to the whole community. It's going to be really, really, we're just doing everything we can do to invite the community. But if you would, take one. You can take more than one. You can take, is just after Easter, dispose of them. We'd ask you of that. But we don't want any of these left over. Take them with you. If you weren't here last week, put one in your home or your business, wherever. Just dispose of them after Easter. Let's get the word out about Easter. So, with that being said... If you uh, are new today or you have missed a week of the teachings we've done on this, I'd like to ask you to go back and watch them or listen to them. First week I talked about uh, God is the originator and he, he's the sex originator. And we need to view sex from his perspective because he's the one who created it. 
He's the one who created it. And so you can go back and see the opening message of that. The second week, uh, Pastor West done a great job as sex a dirty word, basically getting right thinking about sex because God created it. The third week, I talked about the effects of, of sex, the sinful things of sex, and how that you can find freedom from sexual pollution and sexual sins in your life. Last week, I talked about the birds and the bees, which you've always known that is how that we come to find out the knowledge of sexuality as we grow up as children. But what we wanted to do there is how do you teach your children about that in the right way? So that's what I talked about last week. Not only in that message, but we had some resources to come behind that. There is a book that you can purchase at our church merch. It says how and when to talk to your kids about sex. We give our stamp of approval from the author on this particular book. And also there are books that we have, a set of those, that you can also get. There's four different ones that you can purchase, especially if you have small children. You, it starts off with a story of me, ages three through five, babies, bodies, and a very good God. Then there's another one that says, before I was born, God knew my name for ages five through eight. Then it's, what's the big deal? Why God cares about sex, ages eight to 12. And then facing the facts, the truth about sex and you for ages 12 to 16. Great, great resource to go along with and uh, just to be able to help you to understand how to do that. Um, and so I hope and pray that those things you want to pick up, we'd be glad for you to do so. So today, we're going to wrap this thing up talking about pure sex. We're going to be talking about leading a life of sexual purity. So here's what I know, and I think you know as well. Culture is being helped by Satan to where it's dumbing down the view of sexuality to say it's just sex. It don't really matter. It's just sex. It just they just rationalize it. They make excuses, people do, for their course of action because it's just sex. And that's what's taking place everywhere around us. If you agree with that, say yes. That's what's taking place. So people rationalize that. So when we go, when we look in Genesis, the first book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 and 2, there is a goal in that that God had, and you read it, to where that we understand that we're fully physical and we're fully spiritual, that we're made in the image of God. As a matter of fact, I want you to check it out. We're going to go back to Genesis 1 and verse 26. Look what it says. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image. In what image? Our he says, to be like us. I'll come back to that in just a moment. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Now, when he said to make them in our image, when he said to make them like us, he's referring to God as the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit has always been, will always be. It's one in three, three in one God. That's what we call the Trinity. But also what I want you to understand is that you and I, as human beings made in His likeness and His image, we're also a Trinity within ourselves. There is the mind, there is the body, and there is the soul. You are uniquely male or you are uniquely female. Now, with well, that being said, when it comes to the marriage bed, when it comes to the holy bed, when it comes about sex that God talks about, that's where he refers to the nature and character of God and how that merges, okay? Now, when you're a husband and wife in the lovemaking process, it's reserved for the covenant of marriage because God has given us the gift of sex. 
It's given to us before sin ever entered the human equation. You, you, the use of this God-given gift in a life-uniting way in the covenant is called marriage. It's between one man, one woman for one lifetime. Look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 25. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Now, when you think about nakedness, there's a difference between nakedness with a human being and the nakedness of an animal. So let me ask this question right now. This is, this is good. How many of you here has an animal? You have a dog or a cat or something, right? I got to ask this question. How many of you have bought clothes for your animal? Raise your hand. All of you raise your hand. Come up here. We're going to pray over you. <laughs> I know you didn't clothe your dog because they were naked, Right? You clothed your dog because they're cute, lovable, and cuddling. Cuddly, they probably sleep in the bed with you. And they are like a human to you, right? Say yes, those of you. But you didn't clothe the dog. I mean, I've had many animals in my life. I did not put the funny hats or the clothes on them or whatever. I think one time on my collie, I put a sweater on him, but it belonged to a human. It looked kind of weird. But we didn't, we didn't clothe animals because they're naked. We wear clothes to cover our nakedness. Adam and Eve were naked, and it says in the scripture here that they felt no shame. Why? When you think about marriage, marriage is where that nakedness is reserved for. Marriage is where nakedness is reserved for. Nakedness assumes intimacy. Now, what does intimacy mean? That means fully known. It means that we want to have that intimacy with someone else. Intimacy in a sexual context is only for the marriage bed. When you are naked in front of somebody, you're basically showing your nakedness physically, emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically. The Bible says not to take sex out of context. So how do we have sex God's way? We have to trust his plan. We have to trust his wife, your pure, holy sex. Man and woman in a marriage bed. You trust God. Let me tell you something, single, single again, or students. Sexuality is something that you are before it's something that you do. Now, don't get naked with your fiancé. Don't get naked with your boyfriend. Don't get naked with your girlfriend. You save the sex for later. Don't get naked before you get married in the marriage bed. Sexual sin is when we get out away from the marriage bed and we get over here in the doggy bed, the animal. You're acting like an animal when you get in this bed. God didn't make you an animal. You're fully human and you're fully spiritual. And, and when you do that, man, it's just very sad. Sex is not something that it's just a part of you. It's your mind. It's your body. It's your soul. And here's what's amazing that, about humanity, especially men and women. And they begin to date one another. Men, we're, we do everything we can do to be, able to, to be able to love those women that we're dating. We do all these special things in the date. Or you may give flowers or whatever that special something to attract that woman. And, and all those things you're doing is what she loves. And I'm going to talk to the men for a moment. But when you stop doing those things after you get married, it's very sad because you don't work at that. It's almost like you've hit them in the head and you drug them to the cave, you know. Caveman philosophy. 
Then you go on about your career, you go on about your hobbies, or you go on about this or that, and you end up, men, getting lazy. You stop communicating. I've been in ministry for over 25 years, and the top thing that women tell me is my husband doesn't talk to me anymore. It's very sad. And men also, those wonderful non-sexual touches you did while you were dating, that you're crest and about, you stop doing those things, and it only becomes the sexual touches. Women love non-sexual touches. So when you get to that point, if you're not careful and you're not loving on the one gentleman that God gave you in marriage, you open yourself up for a dangerous position to be in. You say, well, what is that, Pastor? You, so you end up, if you're not careful, you get caught up in pornography. You get caught up in adultery. You get caught up in these sexual fantasies. Or when you get home, you start surfing on the cable for skin. You start watching Skinamax. You're raping God's plan for sex. And any of those things that you ladies may have done to get a man and you don't exercise those same things for your man in the marriage, that can also put you in a dangerous place to get caught up in the same things. You end up raping God's plan for sex. You end up trashing God's plan for your life. And it's selfish. Because sin is selfish. Oh, pastor, you're, you're just going way too far. This is 2022. It's, it's just sex. It's just physical. Wrong. It's a blasphemous act against God. It etches the mind. It etches the body. It etches the soul, even the spirit. It's as if you are a Christ follower. And if you are a Christ follower, when you do these things, you're spitting on the cross of Christ that he died for your sins on. So today, the Bible, we're going to take a look in 1 Thessalonians. Thessalonians chapter 4. This is written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Thessalonica. And the Apostle Paul is talking about sexual purity. How irrelevant is that today, though, Pastor, in this culture? People want to talk to me in, in that measure. This is just irrelevant. And, and, I've been, and if I listen to those mindsets of people, and I'm not necessarily talking about here, but over the years of teaching on this subject, I, I would begin to think, why should I even teach on sexual purity? Why should I even let it come out of my mouth and cover the scripture? Because stats show you're going to do it anyway. What's one sermon going to do when it comes to sexual purity? It's the power of God that can change your life. If you will allow God's power to change your life in such a sexed up society from which that we live. The problem is, is the church has been silent too long about this subject that I'm talking about. And let me tell you something. When it comes to God, we are going to, in this church, preach the full counsel of God. We're going to preach everything from the front to the back that the Holy Spirit puts on my heart to preach. We're not going to pick out that which makes you happy and, and, and cleanses your itching ears. The way we're going to do things here, as God leads us to, to be able to reach people to know God. That's how we're going to do it, from the full counsel of God's Word. Is that okay with you, church? We're going to preach the whole Bible. We love you, but we don't love sin. God can change you, and he can forgive your sin. Whatever sin that may be, if you're caught up in it in your life. Sexual sin, there's no sin like sexual sin. I want you to understand that. And people think, well, Pastor, the Bible just really isn't relevant today. Oh, yes, it is. It's very, very relevant. So many people are so clueless about the depth and the beauty of the purity of sex 
Now, why did the Apostle Paul write to the church at Thessalonica? Because they had issues with sinful sex, just like today we have issues with sinful sex. And so I start out here in verse 3 of Thessalonians chapter 4. God's will is for you to be holy. Say, be holy. To stay away from all sexual sin. When we come to Jesus Christ, he saves our soul. We're forgiven of our sins. We have our name in his book. What I'm to do in following my Savior, Jesus Christ, is to be able to obey God. I'm to obey God. I'm to seek God's will in everything I do. It's not just coming to Christ to get a get out of hell free card because it's free to you, but it costs heaven its best, but we're to follow Jesus and obey God in everything. So we stay away, even this area of sexual sin, we set ourselves apart. Now, when you study the scriptures about sexual immorality, immorality derives from the root word pornea. That's where we get our word pornography. So when it comes to pornography, it comes to premarital sex, it comes to fornication, it comes to adultery, it comes to homosexuality. Yes, a whole list of all kinds of other sins. There's no sin like sexual sin. If you want to have a marred judgment and you want to have a confused life, that's exactly what sexual sin will do to your life. Look at verse 4. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. Did you hear that? Control his own body. That's your job. You don't blame somebody else for your sinfulness. You take control of your body. As a Christian, you have the help and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. How do you think God feels when you do not control our own bodies? How do you think it makes him feel when we just blatantly run after things that are sin? Think about that. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we don't want to put things in there that will take us out of the blessable position that God wants to bless our lives. We should never trash the temple with sin. Look at verse 5. Not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Now, when you look at the word pagan, what does that mean? Well, one way it means is Heathens. Heathens. How many of you know some heathens in your life? Raise your hand. You know some heathens in your life, right? We were all once heathens. We were all once idolaters. You might even still be unsaved. That's what it means when Paul is saying a pagan. It's a person that's a heathen, a person that's an idolater, a person that does not know Christ. So when I'm talking about these things here and you're not a Christian I'm really talking to the Christians, but understand you lean in, you can become a Christian today. But right now, we're talking to those that, of you that are believers in the house of God. That you tell me that your name is in his book in heaven. You tell me that you know Christ in your heart. So this is who Paul's talking to, the believers. He says, not in lustful passion like the pagans, the heathen, the idolaters, the unsaved, who do not know God and his ways. So these pagans were caught up in what we would call mystic religions that included all sorts of sexual sins but as christians we're not only to obey god we are to glorify god you say what do you mean christians are to be different from people that are not christians and any christians who commit sexual sin is sinning against their own body and they're robbing god of the glory that god should receive as his followers verses six through eight check this out never harm or cheat a christian brother in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins. 
As we have solemnly warned you before, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Can you imagine, Christians, lean in. Could you imagine that when you live unpure lives by your actions, not by your words, it's really easy to come in here and worship on Sunday morning. Do any of you have the urge to cuss out the worship leader today? Anybody? No, you didn't because you came into God's house. But when you get out there, are you trying to live like you are when you're sitting in here? See what I'm talking about? It's a big difference. So if your actions, especially in the area of sexual sins like the Apostle Paul's talking about, and you're doing the things that we're talking about in sexual sin, then in essence, your actions is saying, I reject you, God. You're not the father of my life. Your son is not my king. You're rejecting him. It's a whole other message in that by itself. So you obey God, you glorify God, but it is to escape God's judgment when you try to live holy lives. The bottom line is, is that God is no respecter of any person, and he will deal with his children when they sin. Sin means you miss the mark. When you miss the mark, he's going to deal with that. There was a church member, and she was criticizing her pastor because he was preaching against sin in the lives of Christians. And she said, sin in the life of a believer, pastor, is different than sin in the life of an unbeliever. He looked at her and he said, you know what? You're exactly right. It's worse. It's worse. So when you think about premarital sex and you're thinking we're living in 2022, it's just a normal thing. No, it's not a normal thing. Listen to me, singles or single again or, or students, there will be abuse and there will be a confusion when it comes to these type of things that we're talking about that God is trying to save you from as you follow him. Understanding that there's abuse to the Trinity first and foremost when you're involved in premarital sex. It's abuse to the mind, the body, and the soul. Matter of fact, if you go and read 1 Corinthians 6, you will see there's no worse sin than that which goes against the body when it comes to sexual sins. So when you take something out of context and you say it's just a physical thing, when you play with premarital sex, you end up getting really confused in the physical act that you're doing where eros love blinds you. Eros love is that physical attraction that brings you into the relationship. So if you're not careful because you're not having your mind in the right way, you can end up in an abusive thing or something that confuses you because you end up marrying the wrong person. And that's the power of when you go over and have sex in the doggy bed. Think about the modesty meter, men and women. Ladies, if in your heart you dress in a way that you're trying to proactively get the attention of another man to look at your body parts before he looks at your eyes, you are sinning the way that you dress. Men, if you look at the woman that's dressing provocatively and that's where your eyes and your mind goes to, you are sinning in your heart. I want to encourage our ladies here specifically. Ladies, the way you dress 
A man, if you do that intentionally, you're trying to get a man to look at you. You sinned, and he sinned if he looks at you, okay? You can mess up God's pursuit for your life and that person's life if he ends up sinning looking at you, and you're sinning trying to get him to look at you. Think about it. Singles are single again. Those of you that are young, singles, you're, you're, you're wanting to get married one day. You need to ask yourself, how will I dress? Ladies, the reason a lot of times you may get the wrong guy in your life is because you dressed the wrong way. Show and attract a man to your heart, not your skin. You say, well, pastor, I, you know, I like to dress hip, pastor. I like to dress with fashion. Well, think about where faith and fashion intersect. Do you want a guy who's going to look you in the eye or you've only, he's only looked at your body because you showed him skin? What you reveal in that way will attract a dog. I want to ask you ladies especially, men, Oh, hairy, funny-looking legs. I don't know how you women look at us like that because it's just ugly. But anyway, ladies, when you're going to dress, do the mirror test. Do the mirror test. You say, what do you mean mirror test, Pastor? When you look in the mirror and you dress and you're going to go out to the public, look at yourself in the mirror and say, does this glorify God? Does how I'm dressed glorify God? So there's behavior versus belief. If you're not careful what the enemy really tries to do in all of us in all facets of life, especially in the areas of sexuality, is that you'll say what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. And you just keep on justifying your actions, justifying your actions. And the next thing you know, you're getting so caught up in sin that you begin to rationalize everything that you're doing, that it's okay. The wrong is the right and the right has become wrong. Here's what I will tell you. When you rationalize, there's a word at the end of the, sin, of the word rationalize in the plural. It's called lies. You bought into the lies of the enemy. And Jesus said himself, Satan is the father of lies. Sin will take you further. It will keep you longer and it will cost you more than you can ever imagine, especially in the area of sex. So today, how do you go from anything goes to living out a life of purity. Those of you that are single, single again, students, listen to me. Only date like-minded believers. God insists on us having, the Bible showed us, if you want to know where that's at, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, read it for yourself. The Bible insists on spiritual compatibility, only hanging out with people who have that like-mindedness. When it comes to dating someone, you want to have the same vision and values in your life. You want the person you're dating to have the same vision and values in their life when it comes to the, to the subject and to the action of sexual intercourse. Now, granted, you may have less dates because of your stance to stay strong and be pure in God's eyes when it comes to sex. But when you have less dates and you're praying for that mate, you might end up with the right mate. Not a dog, but a godly man or a godly woman.
God wants to save us from the abuse and the things that's going on in this area. And let me say this to you. Listen to me closely. Those of you that are dating, it's really easy to get a marred judgment if you go out here and you go to these parties or you go out with somebody and, and they're drinking. They go from drinking to getting drunk and then you don't have the sober mind any longer. Then the decision you made of a sober mind here and next thing you know you've had one too many. Your judgment's marred here and then what happens? You do something that you wouldn't have done over there and you do it here and you wake up the next morning sober minded again and living in regret. Think about that. You play, you pay. You mess around, you mess up. God wants to save us from abuse and being confused. So you can receive forgiveness. We all can receive forgiveness. Thank God for the good news of Jesus Christ. God has done the work. Cry to him and say, God, forgive me. Cleanse me, Lord. I want to receive this forgiveness. I want to turn to you. I want to do it your way. Just like Jesus told the woman that was in adultery, caught in adultery in John 8. He told her, he said, go and sin no more. Also, let me challenge you. Make a commitment to purity. Step up and step out. God will change you from the inside out cut off the relationships that's messing you up cut off the relationships that's dragging you into the doggy bed cut them off playing house is not cool in god's eyes living together is not cool in god's eyes god will not bless that kind of a relationship god will not do it you got to get yourself in a blessable position and that's through the marriage covenant with one man, one woman for one lifetime. Some of you are thinking, ladies, you're thinking, well, you don't understand, Pastor. I really love him. Let me tell you something. Guys will play with love to get sex. And ladies will play with sex to get love. Don't allow Satan to keep lying to you, men and women here, in order to steal away the blessings that God wants to bestow upon your life. The last thing I'll tell you this is <laughs> the place the dog feed and the dog food with God food. Man, when you get into God's word, God's word will get into you. And man, you begin to see and relish and be able to live out the truth of Almighty God. It will make a huge difference in your life. When you feed on the truth of God's word, the truth will set you free. Now, I'm going to say it one more time and I'm going to see whether you're free or not. I caught you off guard. The truth will set you free. free. You have the peace. You have the joy you have the love. You have the purpose. You have the very dependence on God who's going to lead you into the future that he created you for. God's just in the future waiting for you to get there. Get away from the detours of sin. Get away from the things that Satan's trying to point you to and run toward God. He's there waiting to lead you all the way into the great things he wants you to do. He created you long before that you were ever, ever breathing your first breath. Listen. When you're going to get on God's word, I want to challenge you to get in your church family. Be in your church family. 
begin to serve in a ministry. Be sure you're in the Word of God daily. You're praying to God daily. God, I need strength. I need your spirits leading in my life. I need you to help me resist temptation. Get a friend who will hold you accountable. Say, well, Pastor, I just, I don't want to tell my friends the things that's went on in my life. Because if I do, and if they find out the things I've done, then they'll look down on me. You know what? They got sin in their life and forgiven sin just like you and I do. And let me tell you something. Don't anybody, let me talk to the believers for a second. Don't you ever look down on anybody. Only God sits that high. So today, purity is a big deal to God. And the question is, what are you going to do? Is it going to be a pure sex or simple sex? Is it going to be the enemy's way? Is it going to be God's way? Because forgiveness is available no matter where you're at today. I love what Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. He said, God blesses those whose hearts are pure. God blesses those whose hearts are pure. How many of you here want the fullest of blessings that God could ever pour out on your life? Raise your hand. I want the fullest of blessings that God can pour out. It's about a heart of purity. There's nothing that can disconnect you and him. There's no sin. There's no sorrow. There's no rejection. There's no past abuse or situations. You've already given to God and the pain is gone. And there's nothing but a scar to know that Jesus healed me. I can move forward in this with love and joy and peace and knowing that my God is there. God will give you the strength and the power to live in purity for they will see God. How many of you want to see God one day? I do. I do. My mama got to see him last Saturday, a week ago Saturday, face to face. Man, that is a wonderful thing. One day we get to see God. We just, he's going to bless me with my purity of heart and then I get to see him till I'm, when I'm done here. When you live for him and you've got your eyes on him and you're not looking around right to the left and listen to the temptation of the flesh and all those things, God has the best for you and you might not even experience it to the fullest yet because the best is always yet to come in him. Even in the area when it comes to sexuality, say, I'm going to be pure before God in all things, especially in this area of sexuality. Let's do it God's way. Would you stand with me, please? Father, we love you and we praise you today. And we thank you for the opportunity, God, to stand before your people today, God. I thank you, God, for your word that is alive and real and sharper than any two-edged sword. Today, Father, Lord, I just want to pray, God, Lord, for everyone here that we will be obedient to your word. That we will glorify you, God, in our mind, our bodies, and our souls. I pray, God, that... We will know, God, living your way and seeking your face and having forgiveness of sin, we can escape your judgment. May we live in a way, Lord, that we can have a blessed life beyond what we could ever imagine. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ for every single, single person here, single again, or student God, that they will just take those people that that are like-minded, God. They're believers, as it says in 1 Corinthians 7, God. And they will have a stance of purity, God. They have a stance, God, of holding off to the marriage bed, God. Pray, God, that you would just bless those here that are hurting, that's made mistakes. We've almost made mistakes. We've all sinned. We all fall short of your glory. I pray in Jesus' name for every person here to receive that forgiveness. But yet after they do, God, 
repent, go away from it, chase your heart, God, and make a commitment to purity. God, may each one here feed on your word. Seek your face in prayer. Be a part of your church family, God, we have here. God, may they just do ministry in your name. And God, I pray, Lord, that they'll look for that friend that's going to love them and pray for them and hold them accountable and care for them, God. Bless each one here, God, that has regrets. Bless each one here, God, that may have abuse or confusion in their life to seek healing from your throne. You're Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. As we continue praying right now and your heads bowed and your eyes closed, how many of you here would shoot your hand up right now and say, man, I, I want to be pure before God, Lord, in my area, especially in the area of sexuality. I just want to be pure. Just shoot your hand up real quick. God bless you. 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 Hands are going up. I want to pray with you and for you right now. Would you pray? Father, right now, God, I thank you for the hands that went up and the ones that wanted to. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, that you'll touch every heart here, God, as they seek your face. I pray, God, they'll receive your forgiveness because they're asking for it and that you would give it to them through your son, Christ. I pray for strength and power over temptation, God, to keep their eyes on you and to love you and to seek you and Lord, to be able to understand that pure sex is your way and your will from your word. So God bless each one right now, Father. Maybe you're here and you don't know Christ and you came here today knowing you didn't know Christ. I'm glad you're here. And maybe your heart's beating right now really hard. You know what that is? That's Christ Jesus wanting in your heart. He wants to come in and lead your life. He wants to forgive you of sin. He wants to be able to give you a peace and a passion and a purpose for your life, for what he created and ordered your steps before you were ever born. So if that's you today, would you pray to him right where you're at? And I just want to ask you right now, shoot your hand up right now and say, I know I need Jesus for the first time in my life. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Anyone else? I need Jesus for the first time in my life. I know it in my heart. But here's, I, I wish I could pray your prayer for you, but I can't. It's your prayer that you're going to pray. But I'd love to help you with that if you'll pray it from sincerity of your soul under the conviction because where there's no conviction, there can't be any conversion. So right now, would you just pray to him and just tell the Lord, I open my life to you, Jesus. I open my heart to you now. Tell him, I want to surrender my life to you, Jesus. I believe you died for me and you rose again so I could live for you. I ask you, Lord, to fill my heart with your spirit so I can pursue you, God, and, and serve you with all my heart. Please forgive me for every sin in my life. I ask you to save my soul and make my life yours. I'm going to repent. That means I'm going to turn from the things I've done that are sinful, and I'm going to chase you, God. I'm going to seek your heart. Thank you for my new life. I give you mine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God praise in the house today, church. All right. Let me say to you, those of you that lift your hand and gave your heart to Christ, our pastors are going to be standing up front here. I'm going to be up front here to end this service. Maybe there's something you need someone to pray over you for. I don't want you to leave here burdened. I want you to leave here blessed. I don't want you to leave here confused or feeling abused or anything in that life. Come up and have prayer. This is the house of prayer. 
I want to say to you here that we're going to go into a time of giving, and i got a couple things very important I want to share with you again, so if you give me just a moment. But uh, thank you for your faithful giving to Freedom Church in the area of your finances. We are, uh, our existence is to reach people to know God, and we do that, and we obey God and bring tithes and offerings to Him, and we put that together, and we're good stewards of it to reach the community locally, globally, and everywhere in between to make a difference. So thank you for being a part of that. There's multiple ways that you can give, whether it's on the app or on our website or out there on the kiosk or intangibly as you leave with the ushers, but whatever it is, thank you for that. If you're here today and you're brand new to the church, we call you VIPs because you're a very important person because Jesus loves you and we do too. Thank you for coming today. If you would, take a card out of the back of the seat and put on there, um, you know, much information as you care to. Take it out the info desk and we have a gift for you to say thank you for coming today. And let me say this, I would like to ask you to give us a three-peat and you say, what's that? Come at least three times before you make your decision on a church family. And uh, we'd love to love on you. And if it's not this, then we'll help you find the one that's for you in our community. Also, and most of all, if you gave your life to Christ, take a card out, mark it, and let us know that you gave your life to Christ. We're going to follow up with you, make sure you understand your decision with Jesus. And we're going to help you out on how to follow him. But also, baptism is your next step. Anyone here that you've given your life to Christ, I want you to understand on Sunday morning, on, on April, April 17th, Sunday morning, on Easter Sunday morning, we're having a baptism at 7 a.m., we would love to baptize you that morning. You'll never forget it that you got baptized on Easter 2022. So if you would, sign up for baptism. We'll also answer your questions. I'm going to pray over the offering. I'm going to tell you two things. I'm going to let you go. God, I love you, and I praise you and honor you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to give back to you. What we have is yours, all of it. But you asked us to bring those tithes and offerings in order that the storehouse will be full, and that is to be able to help people be able to come to find you to be able to have community, to be able to let people know of the saving grace of your son, Jesus. So, God, thank you for that opportunity. But it's also in our obedience that we do that. Father, thank you, God, for each one here. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody says? Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, two things real quick. Don't, as you leave, you, sh you, you should have gotten a sticky note. We want to ask you to write someone's name on the sticky note. They'll have a table out there. Stick it on the wind out there. Don't matter. Don't, we don't want details. But this is people that you're praying for that you're praying for, that to come to Christ. We're starting a two-week fast today. You're praying for this person to come to Christ. Put it on the windows out there. We're going to have a whole week of prayer, the week of Palm Sunday leading up to Easter, where the doors is open all week, and we're praying over those precious names one by one for them, for you to bring them to Easter, okay? Other than that, be sure to get your invite cards, not just invite them, bring them to Easter. And be sure to wipe out the yard signs. Get as many as you want, stick it in your yard and dispose of it after Easter. If you want another one to put somewhere else, just dispose of it after Easter. But we want to let the community know that Easter's happening at Freedom Church. If you're here and you need prayer, come up and see us. Other than that, God bless you. I look forward to seeing all of you next week. Don't come alone. Bring somebody with you. I love you.